The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready for operational excellence? Welcome to the Visual Workplace, work that makes sense, where your host and visual workplace expert, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, shares powerful visual principles and practices to optimize your operations and make them safer, faster, better, and far less costly. The Visual Workplace. You can't get to excellence without it. Now, here's Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. Hi. Hi, everyone. This is Gwendolyn. I'm back. I'm back. I'm very happy to be back, back in the United States and back with you, back on the radio. Welcome to the Visual Workplace. Yes, I'm Gwendolyn Galsworth, and I'm your host on this, our weekly radio show. And this show is about letting the workplace speak. In each of our shows, we look at some aspect of that, of how to embed the intelligence of our operational system into the living landscape of work through visuality, through visual devices, through visual solutions, through visual mini-systems, how to install the language of our current level of operational excellence, even if we are not quite as excellent as, excellent as we wish we would be or as we will be. And when we make that level, whatever that level is, concrete and specific through visual physical devices, we can literally see how we think. And we can predict how that thinking will function. We have an embedded performance system, visual performance, because we have captured our SOPs, we have captured our specifications, we have captured our um, the logic of our illogic, we have corrected all of that through these visual devices. We have embedded our corrections, not just trained them or supervised them or taught them, but embedded our corrective interventions. And why do we bother? For bottom line benefits in terms of improved safety, better quality, more aligned delivery time, shrinking costs, and increased productivity, 15 to 30%. 15% if you're already lean or if, for example, you are um, a continuous process flow organization. But 30% is quite frequently achieved in organizations, uh, assembly organizations, or even hospitals and offices. Quite, quite frequently. Mm -hmm. So we do it for the bottom line benefits and for the splendid cultural alignment, a spirited and engaged workforce on all levels, a thinking workforce, because it is my aim through the work that I've developed over the last now 33 years, is it 33 years, my goodness, is that this is a thinking system. It is a system of systematic application but it is also a system of thinking and seeing things differently through the principles of visuality. And you know what the other benefit is? We enjoy ourselves at work. We go to work, we do the dance of work, in the words of my great friend Rick L., an ace visual thinker, a machinist, a master 
master machinist at Denison Hydraulics, we enjoy ourselves at work. We do the dance of work. The enterprise becomes increasingly conscious, fluid, self-aware, to which I say, and you will too. Oh, wonderful. Oh, wonderful. So welcome. Welcome, welcome. Today we will pick up the series I started last November and will continue. I would have continued, but for the holidays and a little bit too much travel. I just have a few announcements, so let me go through them, and then we'll begin to resume our discussion, our explication of visual leadership, the executive function. So my new book is out, announcement number one, Smart Simple Design Reloaded. It's terrific. It's about effective variety and the cost of complexity. $28 from our website, visualworkplace.com, or and or from Amazon. It's also on Kindle, and it's also on print-on-demand, so if you're not in the United States, you should be able to get it through Amazon. And as you know, our new website is launched. Please visit us at visualworkplace.com and please consider the purchase of one or many of our on-demand webinar learning modules. These are excellent. It takes me and my my wonderful uh, um, colleague, Horatio Fairburn, about 100 hours per module to get them in fine feather. We currently have 11 ready on work that makes sense. This is putting your 5S on steroids. This is operator-led visuality. Each module is about an hour. They're in bite-sized learning segments. You can uh, sub-segment them as well. They're rich in examples, 40 or 60 per webinars, beautiful color and explained, and all, all within the framework I call visual thinking. So what I'm teaching is thinking and training the eyes to see and focusing on deployment and implementation and applications that are right for your company. Not copycats, but a system of improvement based on a set of core visual principles that this system of improvement, of visual improvement, is right for your organization on the operator level. I've developed these systems over decades of research It's what I call visual performance, and we will have others coming up. We're doing our visual leadership series next, Uh, and that is, I think, for the supervisor, five modules, and for the executive leader, I think, another five. They're affordable. They're outstanding. They're my babies, (laughs) and they are to my standard, really lovingly, meticulously developed, and we know that there's good learning in them. Many companies have already purchased them, and we want to encourage you to do so. They're very affordable. You know, I hate to say this, but I used to charge a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of money for me to come on site and uh, deploy. But now you can get exactly the same materials that I've used. In fact, I think they're better because I've spent so many hours refining them and getting them to be very pointed, very focused. Um, So... And if you buy the entire uh, 11 webinar series, we also give you free of charge three behind-the-scenes webinars that are very important for getting ready and also troubleshooting your implementation, plus a resource folio that's all folded in. So we really, really want you to do this. Uh, We think it's really good work. And we're getting the other ones uh, on, like I say, visual leadership. Visual metrics, visual hospital, visual lean office, visual problem solving, visual machine, quick changeover. Pokeyoke will be next. That should be out in about a month. And we're doing the Shingo Visual Workplace course. Okay? So it's all there. There'll be about 70 modules in all. 
And, and, you know, if you need volume discounts or you have a big organization, then give us a call and uh, the people here will work something out. They're very clever in that way. And we're also going to be offering a whole section on our website of free materials, articles, sample examples, sample webinars, gifts from us to all of our members. So there we go. And I want to urge you also to get on our mailing list for our weekly newsletter. Just send in your email and you're on it. There's an article every week that I write, plus examples, plus what this radio show will be about, always with photos and examples. And this week, for example, there's a, we're going to be talking about chaos theory, and there's just a gorgeous, gorgeous example of the strange attractor and also of what's called the Mandelbrot set which is uh, the first fractal that was developed. And you'll see how beautiful it is, and it's very much a part of our discussion today in terms of implementing versus flavor of the month. So I will be traveling in a few weeks to do a work that makes sense, train the trainer on the East Coast. I want you to please think about scheduling me or us for train the trainer for you or for a group of companies. Also visual assessments so you can understand your current level of visual competency and combine it with a visual thinking seminar and you'll understand even more. You'll have your next steps. Just send us an email at radio at visualworkplace.com or call us in our offices, 503-233-1784. I'm going to say it again, 503-233-1784. We want visual to get out there and get to you so that you can experience its wonderful benefits, you know, and do the dance of work. So let's move on to today. Today we resume our visual leadership series, Visual Leadership, the Executive Function. The name of the show is The Strange Attractor versus Flavor of the Month, but I kind of have to do some reminders and build the case and then we'll get to that part of it. And it's so very good. So very good to resume. The focus of visual leadership is growing leaders of improvement on two levels, the executive level and the supervisory or manager level. I group those two together because their two purposes, supervisors and managers, are really very closely aligned and much more closely aligned to tell you the truth than the executive one. I'll go over that in just a second. There's a marked difference between the two. Okay, so let me just walk through it now. The executive function for visual leadership is instead of the old and moldy and largely ineffective, obstructive, destructive, demand and control notion of leadership, in visual leadership, the purpose of the executive function is these seven things. To decide, to align to inspire, to drive, verify, and grow in that order. In other words, to lead. Okay, those seven elements, to lead. Six elements plus the anchor element, which is to lead. The supervisory function, instead of the old and moldy notion of scheduling, expediting, logistics, fighting fires, and monitoring everything, endless KPIs, the focus is on stabilizing, measuring, targeting, carrying out coaching and modeling and the anchor element is to improve that is the job of supervisors and managers so i did some 16 shows last year last spring and early summer on the supervisory function of visual leadership you can find them on our podcasts 
And we are um, not quite halfway through the executive function when I had to stop in November. By way of summary, let me just tell you where we're at right now on visual leadership, the executive function. And, you know, you might not come under the um, title of executive. You might be called a VP or you might be called a director or an executive director. You may have a COO, a chief operating officer title. That's what I mean by executive, deciding and driving, deciding and driving so the organization can grow. That's what I mean by executive leadership. So by way of summary, we began back in, I think it was uh, early September, to look at a capability model that was developed by Carnegie Mellon in the 1980s that gave companies a way of gauging organizational readiness to grow and how that change could or would happen. It was kind of like a maturity model. And it answers, for me, the questions that leaders have to answer before they launch an initiative, an improvement initiative. Do we know what to do to improve? Do we know how to do it, how to improve? Is my organization ready? And I want to add to that for, I want to add something to that today but I'm going to do it after the break. <laughs> so come back in a minute, and I'm going to add a third element to that, and then I'll finish my summary of where we are so far. See you in, see you in a minute. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Today's business marketplace is becoming increasingly global thanks to technologies that didn't even exist a few short years ago. Your business might be a startup or you might be one of the global 500. Either way, you're probably looking at customers and competitors in faraway regions. Listen for Global Reach with host Tay Revez as she brings together experts, ideas, and listeners to help you anywhere in the world. Global Reach is broadcast every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio 
at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, this is Gwendolyn. Hi, welcome back. We were just doing a summary of the visual leadership shows so far, so you can kind of know what the breadth of it is and where we're at now. And I was saying that there was a, a capability or maturity model that we discussed in the first show back in September, I think that was September 11th, that talks about organizational rel- readiness for improvement. And we have two questions that that study mentioned. I've added a third one, which is very much related to today's show. Do we know what to do? Do we know how to improve? Sorry, do we know what to improve? Do we know how to improve that? And I'm adding it. Do we know how far we have to go for that effort to pay off? That's very relevant to our discussion later on today. Do we know how far we have to go in order for that effort of improvement to pay off? So we talked about that, except for that last question, in the first show. And then we examined the um, heart of the leader and how visuality could help. What do effective leaders do? What is the heart of a bona fide leader, or in my language, the barracuda leader? And how do we develop the theme of structure for transmuting executives into effective leaders? Not just in position and title, but actually in effectiveness. How can visuality provide a structure for that? Because it does. And in that discussion, I also um, shared my own, um, my own um, what is it, support for the compelling uh, leadership of J.T. Battenberg, who was head of Delphi in its formative years. Um, so you can listen, re-listen to those shows. And then we walk through in the next show in some detail the seven elements that describes an effective leader as I describe it, a leader of improvement. The seven elements I mentioned a few moments ago, decide, align, inspire, drive, verify, and grow. In other words, lead. Okay? And about how leaders need to kind of shift their identity. They need to identify with those action verbs instead of the wrong verb, which is to manage. Executives are not managers. It's a completely different intention, a different horizon. Managers support the corporate intent. Executives form it. They decide. They may have a lot of consensus elements to that, a lot of inputs, but the buck stops with them. The improvement direction is their decision, and I hope their mandate. In our fourth show of executive leadership, we talked about the four, five, if you want, constructs of visual leadership, and these, uh, then right after that, I began to unfold the first one. And the first one is the operation system improvement template, a mouthful. In other words, the house, but it's the house really on steroids. It's the house with a very important and telling difference. In that same show, I touched upon the X-type matrix, which is coming next, metrics that drive combined with the war room, and finally, number five, if you're counting, the operations roadmap. These are the five executive leadership tools that capitalize on visuality's power to structure and thinking and behavior, in this case, on the leadership level. Okay? And then in the next seven shows, 
I presented, I constructed and reconstructed and deconstructed the operations system improvement template, the house. These are important shows because while commonly accepted, this so-called house, very few companies know how to use it so that the house is powerful. It is usually simply just a poster that was handed down by corporate or a copycat of someone else's, but it doesn't really impact the behavior of either the ranking site executive on the factory or site level or the corporate. It isn't really a living document, and I spent many shows, seven shows, on showing you what's really in that house and what are the missing pieces. How do you use that to say yes to the few and wait to the many? How do you use that to actually deploy a time-based strategy, a real application of value-add, non-value-add, instead of just a kind of um, parroting of that? How do you use that to decide how much waste reduction, how much improvement is enough? I know that sounds like heresy, and I spent a show talking about it, but the executive leader who asked that question is a pretty darn smart leader, let me tell you. Okay? And then our last show just before the holidays, what's missing from the Toyota Temple and its many, many clones. Why aren't stairs and four pillars and a roof enough? I completed my model, my template, and it completes with the two lower levels, the two bottom levels of tactical targets and tools or methods. Methods that are designed to drive time out of the equation of cost. Okay? So, you know, without a laser focus that a tactical targets and your methods and tools provides, you're just going to engage in improvement activity because everybody knows better makes us best. And that kind of logic may work on a day-to-day level, but it is very misleading on a macro strategy level, on an executive level. It is just milk toast. It is not the kind of driven and um, elegant organization that we see um, some of your competitors are engaged in. Okay? So, in our next show next week, if we can get through everything this week, and I'm not rushing through it, I want to have something very important to share with you that I hope you get and you like and you use as a concept, uh, we will then focus on the X-type matrix, the tool that operationalizes the executive mandate of saying yes to the few and wait to the many. We will get into that next week, but there may be some uh, cleanup items from this week. We'll see. So this week, I want to talk about the importance of refining your leadership approach to which visuality holds many, many keys, by having the right idea or notion about how far do we go for a payoff of our improvement efforts. It's one of the greatest challenges for a leader to not only decide and mandate the next growth level for the enterprise, but he must Ask and answer, she must ask and answer the question, what does growth mean to us 
and how much growth is enough for us to then shift the focus away from that to our next area of growth. How do we know that we have reached the payoff? Do we know what to do? Do we know how to do it? And do we know how far we have to go for what we do to pay off? So, do we know when to stop? This is so important. These are particularly thorny questions to answer, and I will tell you they are not discussed, or at least rarely discussed, in the halls of the world's great business schools. But in the field, they become pivotal. For those of you who are in the field, as plant managers, site managers, hospital directors, continuous improvement directors, VPs, COOs, CEOs, you have to ask this question because change, improvement, improvement, change for the better, improvement must be resourced. It doesn't happen by accident and it doesn't happen on air. If you want change to happen, something new to happen, if you want improvement, time is required, people are required, goods are required, and the loss of something else. Something else is either lost or postponed those opportunities. It might be simply lost production. And certainly on the plant level, you are going to lose production in order to gain improvement. Yes, the principle of the principle of governance has to include saying yes to the few and wait to the many. It is imperative. And that's the link between those questions. What do we do and how do we do it? So the third question of how far to go is one that is rarely spoken of or if spoken of, rarely responded to. And I want to do that in the remainder of this show. And to do so, I turn to chaos theory. I first became acquainted with chaos theory in a book that I read about 20, 25 years ago. Chaos, I'm holding it in my hand right now, my old yellow copy coming uh, apart at the seams. Chaos, Making a New Science, national bestseller, James Gleck. It's spelled G-L-E-I-C-K, Gleck. You can get it on Amazon for like nine or ten bucks. And for me, it was revolutionary. I was eight or nine years into my career of trying to figure things out, the kinds of things I'm sharing with you now. And this book, what it did was, this this gentleman, James Gleck, did in the most felicitous way describe the development of a new field of science that didn't exist a hundred years ago. Chaos. It's the science of chaos. It's now the science of chaos with many great adherents. Stephen Hawking, uh, Mitchell Fagenbaum, uh, I can't recall his first name, ah, darn it, but Feynman, who is part of the Los Alamos project. You need to be interested in these things because there's a lot in this theory and in the science that will help you understand what's going on in your company. So this science didn't exist about 100 years ago. Chaos was written off as utter randomness, chaos. It means gas in the original Greek. The word chaos 
means gas. You can see how similar the word, the letters are in the original Greek. And it meant complete disorder, disarray, disorganization, turmoil, mayhem, pandemonium, a maelstrom of activity. And how could one become scientific about that? How could you become scientific about clouds or rushing water? Completely random and uncontrollable, unpredictable. We could look at the universe and name the planets and map those, but the gaseous matter in between, the formless, the formless that was supposed to have existed before the creation of the universe, no one touched it. They didn't even think of it as a field of study. And then they did. And we'll pick this up after the break. And we will, I will answer the question, what the heck does this have to do with visuality and improvement and my work? Why am I listening to you, Gwendolyn? <laughs> if you come back, I'll be here. See you in a minute. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. Welcome to the unique job search community of Lynn Radice Live. You do have the power to land the perfect job. If you are unemployed or underemployed or looking for your next career move, tune in to Lynn Radice Live. Get a job, no excuses. This is a first-of-its-kind job empowerment show. Lynn will identify the most critical needs in today's job market and show you how you can get a top position today. Get ready. Let's get hired. Lynn Radice Live airs live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790 or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. Welcome back to the Visual Workplace. This is our third segment, and today we are relaunching or resuming our series on visual leadership, the executive function, and uh, resuming it with a kind of overview that I want you to keep in mind so that you have a touch point 
for understanding why it is important for executives to decide and what exactly are they decided are are they deciding in relationship to improvement why are there decisions why can't we just kind of chug along with better makes us best and let the day-to-day level lead us well I'm, it's my belief that executives need to have uh, kind of thought constructs or big ideas that give them the reason why their involvement is important or we will lose them. We will either lose them to other projects, lose them, pardon me, I say this with great respect to the golf course because I know that's a very important uh, boardroom for you. But what I want to do is ask executive leaders to get involved in the growth of their companies in a way that others can follow. And so this is kind of the setup for the X-type matrix. I was looking, how can I put the X-type matrix or that kind of construct? Construct is just another word for tool, but it's a tool with a purpose. It's very purposeful, a construct. Don't let it seem high-flying to you. I don't want to use tool because I always think about hammer, screwdriver, and, um, you know, a a ratchet wrench. But these constructs have real heft to them, but they are kind of hefty tools, if you will. Okay. Right before the break, I was introducing the idea that chaos theory holds some answers for us. And the field was organized, very surprisingly, that it came into a science was very surprising because when you look at chaos, it really has no predictability and everything about science is about prediction. It has no, what was the word that they used? Um, It had no, hold on, self-similarity, (laughs) self-similarity. These are such wonderful words. There was no way to order it, to penetrate it, to use it. But in fact, what this wonderful writer, he writes this like a mystery, uh, James Gluck chronicles, is the evolution or the emergence of this as a science, and there's so many lessons in it for you, for for us. And as one of the thought leaders that Gluck um, uh, includes commented, he said, it turns out that there is an eerie type of chaos lurking behind every outer appearance of order and an eerie type of order that lurks inside chaos. What emerged is that chaos and instability are not the same thing. While it is true that math and higher math is used to dig into the now science of chaos, there are everyday applications that are extremely useful and that help us use this new science as a touchstone. It is this that I wish to speak with you about today. If time allows, I'll illustrate this with two very practical everyday examples. In fact, because these two examples are about leading improvement in today's enterprise. They are, in a way, the uh, foundation of the show. But I need to get to it, if time allows. If not, we'll pick them up next week. 
So here's part of the story of this dynamic new science, the science of chaos, that has particular relevance to leading and growing your company. Although I recommend you read this book, which is considered the layman's or the the common person like you and me, common person's um, manual for chaos. It is not for the true scientists and the physicists who study it, but I loved it. For me, it was just such an adventure. So I want to tell you this story in broad strokes. When scientists looked, they saw what I just described, chaos as a roiling commotion with no discernible order, no sense, random, and, well, chaotic. No seeming consciousness or intent, no usefulness, gas. You can contain it. But unless you know its properties, you can't use it. Modern science encounter with chaos must have been like um, the ancient scientists encounter with the notion of air, which they couldn't prove. Colorless, invisible, no taste, no sound, no texture. How can you tell me this exists? I can't see it or feel it or taste it. However, when air goes away, I die. So it must be something. But how can I know it? How can I know it? It was very tricky. And for the scientists of the latter part of the last century, when most of us, you and me, were alive (laughs) and going about our day, the last century sounds so far away, but it was only 15 years away, some of these scientists asked, what is this? What is chaos? How does it work? And does it hold anything that could uh, require further study? Can we learn to touch it and can we discover more? Or should we just leave it alone? These were the questions. The scientists had an inkling. This was in the 50s and 60s and 70s, but in the 80s and 90s it really came to the fore. Is it worth our investigation? Because, you know, there's really nothing there, you silly goose. It's just roiling. Science was getting more and more precise, more specialized. Everything that could be explored had been. And so people were drilling deeper and deeper into what they already knew to see if there was more. Kind of like medicine today, highly specialized. And to some onlookers, very fragmented. Health was forgotten, but the minute investigation of sickness was... uh, kind of took over. So, I I want to kind of uh, map this out carefully and not lose you. Science was getting more precise, more specialized, and in a way, it lost its juice. It hit a ceiling. Science was about predictable predictability. There seemed no way out, just finer and finer investigations of the same known universe. No real sense of pioneering. And, and you know, Stephen Hawking, whom you may know from the brief history of time, and now there's a popular movie out, I think it's called Imitation? It, no, 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 that's the one on um, the Enigma machine. But there's a new movie out, The Science of Everything. New movie out with, about Stephen, Stephen Hawking scientist who resides in Cambridge University and who's done just phenomenal um, revolutionary work. 
So he says something, uh, it was something like this. We, we knew all the physical laws that govern everyday life, and it was a fast journey. But it takes an enormous investment of time and resources for us to perform an experiment whose results we cannot predict. We can only recycle the known. The big questions were not yet answered, but so much was answered that it seemed greedy to ask for more. The scientists had control what more was required. And what happened when chaos suddenly appeared as a topic, it brought us back to the raw event, to the mystery if you will, the mystery called energy, turbulence, and its, wor- and its worrisomeness because there were no noticeable rules. Nothing was understood, only experienced. Okay? Like I said, we could study the structure of galaxies, but not clouds. So here's what was discovered. Chaos, undefined and random, Maybe in a way like some of you experience in your companies, is that a stretch for you to imagine? Just keeps roiling and roiling. Unpredictable. But what was noticed is that suddenly something stopped within the chaos, within the roiling. Something stopped and something stood still. Interestingly enough, that standing still, that point, had a name. It was called the still point. And what happened after that something stood still in the middle of the roiling relates very much to our discussion of leadership and improvement and growth. What happened next trumpeted everything that was about change because the chaos that remained began to organize around that still point. The roiling gases began to sort themselves out and build a strength, a definition, a direction that produced a very specific result. And that result has another strange name, but wonderful. It's called a fractal. That's spelled F-R-A-C-T-A-L, a fractal. I've discussed it once before in one of my shows, but not at this length, about two or three years ago. If you've ever studied or even looked upon a fractal, and you can look it up right now on Google, you will see a pattern. But this is a pattern that really challenges our mind because it is beautiful but it is also infinite in every direction. It is an infinitely never-ending pattern that can become infinitely large and infinitely tiny. It's a pattern that repeats, self-similar across every level of scale. And it has a built-in feedback loop. You look at it, you know, for me, I look at it and it looks... If I, if I dare say this and not bring the, your wrath upon me, it looks like the mind of God. It's so gorgeous. And we have an example of it, the Mandelbrot set, 
which is the first fractal that was discovered. It's the result of a mathematical formula that mimics the roiling of chaos. Just numbers thrown into a machine. I had one of the best boyfriends I've ever had. His name was William Van Riper. <laughs> I haven't said his name in 30 years. But he, was, he worked on, I think, the Julia set at, at MIT. And uh, just watched the machine. Royal numbers, day after day, day after day, day after day, just like soup in a great big pot cooking nothing was happening the water was boiling that's all that was happening there was no form there was no output just numbers and then one day the still point was reached for reasons that at that time were unknowable were unknown they were knowable but at the point they were unknown the still point was reached and this fractal began to express itself there's no other way of explaining it I'll tell you more about this story and hopefully get to one of our uh, company-based examples before the end of the show. Let's take our break. I'll be here when you get back. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Are you ready to bring the power of the visual workplace to your company? Gwendolyn Galsworth, visual workplace expert and award-winning author, is available to help you harness and maximize that power. With nearly 30 years of hands-on experience, Dr. Galsworth shows you how through in-house seminars, site assessments, total company conversions, keynotes, coaching, and consulting. Learn about visuality through our books, DVDs, on-demand webinars, visual edge learning packages, and a host of other teaching materials. Enroll in the Visual Lean Institute and get trained and licensed as an instructor or QMI affiliate in any of our nine core visual workplace courses. Keep your visual workplace going and growing. Visit our website at visualworkplace.com to learn more about workplace visuality, our products and services, and when Gwendolyn will be presenting near you. That website again is visualworkplace.com. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait. They just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense with Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's toll-free, 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to radio at visualworkplace.com. Now, back to the program. Hi, welcome back. This is Gwendolyn. I got, I want to apologize. I was lifting up my keyboard and making a lot of noise, apparently. Kevin, our technician, told me about it. But I get so excited about these things, I just kind of want to jump up and down. And I was jumping up and down with my keyboard, and I hope that I didn't 
uh, spoil your listening. Oop, I'm doing it again. <laughs> What's wrong with me? All right. So we were talking right before the break uh, about uh, the event called chaos and what those who bothered to examine it discovered, that the chaos self-organized. They self-organized when an event happened called a still point. Around this still point, which came out of the chaos itself, the, the resources of the chaos, the power of it, the substance of it, the turmoil began to organize itself into something in completely extraordinary called a fractal. Please take a moment when you get home or if you're at your computer now, look at it because this is your organization. This can be. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what I want to suggest to you that we are see what we see when we see an organization that grows by intent, by design, under the leadership of an executive who is deciding and driving using these visual constructs, we see the emergence of this mastery. Don't be discouraged if you look and you see that you have a long way to go. We all have a long way to go. Don't be discouraged. But decide. Move forward. Learn to drive. The Excite Matrix, the house that I taught, is absolutely the first step. Second step is the X-type matrix. This has everything to do with rebooting, with the rebooting of our visual leadership series, the executive function. Leaders decide what growth means for the company. They decide on the intervention or the methodology or the sequence of tools that will map a path to that growth. And then they engage it. And then they hold steady to the course. They hold steady. Before and during, there'll be a lot of commotion. A lot of emitting of gaseous thoughts and odors, perhaps. (laughs) Resistance, inertia, a lot of commotion. And the leader keeps his or her eye on that single outcome. Because he and she knows, I have to create a still point. I have to create a level of elegance and mastery in this organization so that the entire enterprise can organize around it. Whether or not it's evolutionary or revolutionary. A still point around which the company can rally and invest its resources and focus. And I, as the executive leader, have to say yes to the few and wait to the many until we've learned how to do this. If we complete today, then next week we'll undertake our examination of the X-type matrix in the context of what we're discussing today. But for right now, let me connect the equivalents and make this relevant. Let's see how far I can get in the next few minutes. The journey that you are taking involves the three things I spoke of at the top of the show. Do you know what to do? What needs to be improved? Do you know how to do it? Have you chosen a methodology that will create that change? And do you know how far you need to go before there is a payoff? You choose your improvement direction. Visuality, for example, we will, we will become a fully functioning visual work environment. 
you learn how to do that, you learn the methodology, you learn the process, you follow it step by step, and you don't stop until you reach a showcase. That's your still point, showcase. The fractal array expresses itself around the showcase. This very highly functioning expression of the methodology, the outcomes. The goal is to create a showcase, a still point. That is the purpose of your deployment. Don't even get started if you just want to put your toe in the water. Creating a showcase, complete and in detail, is the exact opposite of the normal way of implementing, which is flavor of the month. Let's try something out. If it doesn't work out, let's drop it. If it doesn't have an instant grab, let's try something else. Maybe that one will live a little bit longer, but if we hit a road bump, let's drop it because it's too hard because it didn't deliver on its promise. Its promise comes because you apply, 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 you learn it, you wrestle that son of a gun to the ground, and you make it cough up its benefits. Okay? You have to select the... the the improvement direction and find the methodology that has sufficient uh, strength to get you there. If you're looking for adherence, visuality. If you're looking for cultural alignment, visuality is the method. If you're looking for embedded performance, visuality is the method. If you're looking to find and strengthen the critical path, use lean. That's what it's used for. To identify, and I'm sorry, not strengthen, but straighten, straighten, getting the kinks out of the critical path. That's what lean is for. Improving quality by leaps and bounds, mistake-proofing, pokey yoke, visual guarantees, and no, not Six Sigma. Demaic is a pretty darn good problem-solving approach, but the Six Sigma distribution has nothing to do with improving your quality, not in this day and age. Even the most diligent application will produce only a 5% improvement. It's simply the wrong approach. I just want to say that. And if you want to increase your machine utilization, use SMED, single-minute exchange of dye, the methodology of choice proven again and again. Stick to it until it cough up, coughs up its secrets. Create the still point. There is no growth without that. The still point becomes the beating heart of the change, the elegant and precise center of all subsequent improvement initiatives. You have to reach mastery. You have to. Your company has to become good at improvement. Two of the companies companies that I assessed during my recent visit to the UK brought this home to me in spades. With one company, this is one of the examples that I want to share with you. Darn it, I only have a minute left. That's Kev telling me I only have a minute. Let me just try one of the companies, a bottling and packaging plant, and you know what? I, I better not try to squeeze it in. I'll just get frustrated, and so will you. So let me just summarize. You know that. Hmm, let me see how I. We can learn a lot from chaos theory, a lot that can help us understand how to help our companies grow. What we learn is that. This chaos, this turbulence can be harnessed and become a resource if we take the time and maintain a determined focus, if we drive our improvement initiatives so that they reach their potential, if we commit and don't quit. 
We choose our methodologies wisely. That's the executive decision. And once decided, we stay the course because the entire organization will organize around it in a beautiful pattern of excellence. So I'm going to stop it here and say we'll continue this next week, and I look forward to it. We'll get into the X-type matrix. I'll give you the two examples, and then we'll begin the X-type matrix um, at the tail of that. So I had a wonderful time with you today, and I want to thank you very much for listening. This is Gwendolyn Galsworth and the Visual Workplace, and we are signing off. We appreciate your joining us this week for The Visual Workplace, work that makes sense. Please tune in for another episode next Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, featuring your host, Dr. Gwendolyn Galsworth, on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening. Thanks again for listening.